Welcome to the Achiever Network podcast. I'm Sharon Kybel, your host and founder of AchieverNet, education for today. We focus on success strategies, business building, and performance and productivity programs. We're building a community of extraordinary achievers, and I'm super thrilled to have you join us today. Enjoy the Achiever Network podcast. Welcome back to the Achiever Network podcast and I'm super excited today to have Ursula Richards from Online IQ join us and our topic for today is harnessing online community to increase the customer lifetime value and who doesn't want to do that like everybody everybody (laughs) wants to have their customers for longer to get to know them to uh, get to engage them and to keep them around them because if they love you, why not keep them? So I'm really excited. Now, I just want to give you a bit of background about uh, Ursula. So Ursula is an incredibly talented lady. She uh, understands everything online uh, and particularly online community, which she'll be sharing with us today. But uh, Ursula's been online since 1995, so I think that's right when the internet Internet was was born. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So absolutely (laughs) extraordinary. You know, we're all dabbling around, and and Ursula's getting uh, quite serious and starting to build businesses. This is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) So I love it. And uh, not long after that, she was involved in a very early concept project with TAFE and really exploring the online world, and went on to become. Uh, engaged in setting up websites for people and setting up uh, communities of practice as well. So she's got an extraordinary history and rather than me tell you, I think it would be lovely to hear more from Ursula because it's such a a great background that she has. So I know her uh, as a a business person with a, a team of web designers and web developers to do anything online for your business. Now part of that service is helping business owners to set up and manage their business communities mm-hmm. and uh, that that's what I know her, her for but um, she's she's got an incredible background so um, talk to us about what happened in 2000 because that really was your your first My entry big project online for a commercial in a commercial sense yes because when I was the virtual communities officer at TAFE that was like a pilot project and people completely did not understand what it was. So it was really me struggling to show people how online community could work. Um, so this other project was working in the very early days of online dating, but it was woman, women to women dating. Mm. Now, right now you might think that online dating is just a very common thing and that it's the way that people meet. Back then, that absolutely wasn't the case. But with this particular community... So just to recap, we're we're talking in 2000. In the year 2000. Close to 20 years ago now. Yes. So it's a long time ago. 19 years ago, yes. We don't know what we're really doing online at all. So, you know, going through that whole process of actually finding a partner online, it's not like it is now where that's the common thing that people do is just to go online to find a mate. Back then, it just wasn't being done. That's right. However, the reason this particular community worked so well back then and why the business grew so much as a result of the community was that back then a lot of 
things have changed in the LGB community. Yeah. Um, and That's it was really, really hard. Word, isn't it, that? Yeah, I was just I'm, I'm sure I've always missed a letter. <laughs> but even what we called it back then yeah. is different and who was accepted into the community was different. Like a lot has changed. Mm. Um, and so the thing about that community was that it and the reason why it was so strong and why it helped the business grow so much was because there was such a strong need to meet people. That yes. wasn't easy. And you couldn't just look at someone and know whether they were gay or not. Mm. So that was a really big part of um, explaining, I guess, um, the need aspect of a community. The stronger the need, the more the community can actually help grow a business. Yeah, so you co-founded that business. Uh, you took on the role of community manager. manager. And uh, just so that people understand the impact of what you did in terms of building a community for mm -hmm. that business back in 2000. Yeah. Uh, this business was in the red and you grew it within a five-year time span yep. to, to make how much money? Um, over a million dollars a year it was making when I left about five years later. Wow. So I, sorry, with the co-founding, I joined the co-founder like within a year of it starting. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's so yeah. you you came in when it was not functioning so well. Yeah, it was in in the red. You turned it into the black, made it profitable within five years, and really it was based on the the community engagement that happened on that site because at the time online dating was not a common not platform. a thing. Yeah, and it wasn't just the online dating. It actually, and this is the element of community that I think really helped. There were a lot of forums. Now these days you would have those things called groups um, inside Facebook or something but back then there wasn't Facebook so there were forums on all different topics related to that community and that really gave people an expression and a commonality to discuss things mm. so it was I think part of what made that work was that it was far more than just dating it provided a lot more sense of belonging which is what online communities do yeah, fantastic. And look, I was really um, keen to have Ursula join uh, the Achievement Network podcast today because as a business owner, you would know that, you know, you're out there trying to market your business, you're trying to grow your business, and really it comes down to how well do you engage with your prospective clients and your existing clients? Mm -hmm. uh, how do you get to know them so that they can like you and trust you enough to not only do business with you the first time, but to continue to do business with you ongoing in an ongoing capacity and mm -hmm. also to like you enough that they start to refer you to others so I think this is a, an amazing topic to talk about um, as a business owner how do we establish a, a community because you know a lot of us are on online well we think we're engaging you know mm -hmm. we, we might have our Facebook site or you know we post a few things here and a few things there and you know we think we're engaging but we probably don't really have the strategy behind what we're doing to to, to grow our our community quickly mm -hmm. and yeah. to engage and retain that community. So I'm so excited to have you here. Um, <laughs> Thanks. So, so um, Ursula has also got, you know, some really good background in running a community of practice. So she went on to, and I say she because I'm talking to a lovely audience here, but um, she became a... Uh, 
web, a web development agency, I guess. Yeah, so you're working so with other owner. agency yeah. practitioners. Tell, tell us about that. Okay, so after Pink Sofa, I decided to continue in the online world and universe and knew a lot about building websites. So I decided to um, create a web agency. But there is so much to know in that space and it's not just um, business things but technical things that as a solo practitioner it's so hard to keep on top of. Mm. So we created a community called BC Sandpile which was called, stood for Business Catalyst Sandpile and it was based around a product that we were all using. Now that product has since um, gone by the wayside, but the community itself has maintained itself um, through our management of it. So what's happened is that, well, what used to happen with BC Sandpile is that we would have a weekly meeting online as well as forums um, and someone would present and we'd, it was in real time, but we'd also have a recording of it. So the incredible thing was that we gained so much knowledge about all things online through our community. Um, and quite often we'd get emails from people that had, you know, from South Africa or somewhere that had listened to, to the podcast and found value in it. Mm. So it was a really strong community. Mm. And you had that going for how long? Five years, five yeah, years wow. every single week. So wow. part of that was that <laughs> rhythm and commitment, and it was a volunteer effort. So it was. So now that we've transitioned into agency tribe, I said I can't do every single week. We're doing once a month, <laughs> so that's what we're doing. Yeah, at the that's moment. a pretty big commitment, isn't it? it and is, it's in, huge. in terms of engagement, wow, you know, mm. fifty-two engagements every year for five years, yeah. extraordinary. Uh, okay, so now you uh, have had this light bulb moment and I've I've had the pleasure of, of just seeing you go through this uh, transition into truly working with your passion which is community engagement and management and so your business has evolved to really capitalize on uh, community engagement absolutely and and you're doing that for actually selling that service, as a service yeah to other business owners who need to set up and manage their own communities mm -hmm. for their products and services that's right yeah so you come highly qualified so I know that uh, you've certainly done that for some some of the entrepreneurs around town and helped to increase their their online products and sales extraordinarily over very short periods of time mm -hmm. so we have someone well qualified so let's get into picking your brain Ursula please do <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, in terms of online, we, we were chatting beforehand and, and you know, about the, the online world and you, you said that the online medium has got su superpowers that can be used for good or evil. What do you mean <laughs> by that? <laughs> well, when I was thinking about what we'd be talking about, what we would be talking about, I thought it's important to bring out into the open some of the superpowers that online community or the online medium has because if you're a digital native, like it's relevant to everyone, if you're a digital native, you probably just don't even think about it twice. It just is part of your world. If you are... So when you say digital native, it's, does that mean that's somebody who's, who's just born, born and bred it? it? Yeah, they don't, okay. they don't know a world without the internet. 
kind of like my kids, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just super smart and they seem to know what to press and what to do to I know. Uh, get followers <laughs> and likes and all the rest. Yeah, okay. That's it. Um, then there's those of us that the internet was introduced to us and now we're kind of navigating our way with it or we're swimming in it like, like I am. But the power of that is absolutely outstanding and I thought it's worth just explaining what some of those powers are, especially in relation to online community. So one of those things is that it's an intentional membership. So if, I'm, if I say I'm part of the semaphore community where I live, I'm there just because of my physical living there. It doesn't say anything about what I'm interested in, what I'm engaged in. If someone joins an online community or an online group, that tells you so much more about what they're actually interested in, what they're passionate about, what their goals are. Um, so it's not a random joining, it's an intentional joining. And that's yeah. a huge power. You know what, I hadn't actually thought about that, but you're absolutely right, because you only join if you have a super strong interest there, because it is a, a level of commitment to engage in a, yeah. an online community. You know, you have to be present uh, to be there. So, yeah, I well, actually thought about that. On that point, you don't necessarily have to, because there's a lot of lurkers. Mm. So a lot of people get value without even, mm. that's what I've really learned. Um, a lot of people get a lot of value without being huge participants, but by listening in until they feel confident to join in. Yeah, yeah, so but they're still participating by in, listening. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I, I kind of think you're right. You know, it it's is that intentional. Mm, yes, so lovely. that's a huge superpower um, that community has, online community has. Um, the other thing is that it allows for an asynchronous. Oh, that's a big word. What's that I know, mean? I will. <laughs> I will explain that. Asynchronous um, communication. Now, what that means is that we don't have to be online at the same time to participate in the communication because it's written down and it's recorded. Um, in the example of um, the webinars that we would run, even that gets recorded and people can view it and participate in it post the actual event. So pre-internet there wasn't such a thing like mm. you actually were there and you participated or you weren't and you missed everything that happened or you got the the cds sent out to you that stayed in your cupboard that you never really listened to because exactly. it was too hard to get them so out you of the might box have, you might have got the information <laughs> but you didn't get the interaction yeah because that was lost forever yes so this superpower about being able to follow a conversation thread even though you weren't there when it was originally said that's huge mm. and we take that for granted again mm. it's huge that we can actually tap into conversations that took place when we weren't actually there yeah yeah I love it and you know I I'm involved in a few communities and I have to say that you know I don't always get time to to go in when the event happens so I am one of those lurkers who's watching it after the event yeah and, you know kind of lurking around the comments to see what did people take away from the event at the time yeah and you know it gives me value to respond but yes. it also I think gives the other person value that you know a few days later they're getting still getting value still getting, from it you know participation from people who have yep. engaged with them after the event mm -hmm. um yeah it's, it's 
I again never thought of it being asynchronous. That's a new yes. word for me. <laughs> Beautiful. So yeah, so it's time independent, which mm. is the amazing thing because it gets all recorded. Um, the other thing is that it's transparent because you can see who's there and who's saying what. So in this world of authenticity, and that's why I say superpowers can be used for good and evil because you can't just assume what someone is saying is authentic, but it allows for authentic um, conversation. It allows you to see who's in that community. It allows you to understand what their viewpoint is including the business owner or the, the leader or the person running the group. It gives you that opportunity. So that's just a few of them because I could go on forever mm, about mm. bringing the superpowers out. But you can see that by articulating them, you go, wow, that is a superpower that we didn't have before the online medium. Yeah, I love it. And that, that probably leads us to, if we look at uh, the absolute keys of what community can bring for a business. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that you were talking to me prior that you wanted to talk about engagement being a mm -hmm. critical key. So let, let's go into um, the first first of your tips for us today. I mean, you've already given us lots of tips, but the first, <laughs> first one that you planned to give us, um, which was around engagement. the engagement of, of community. So engagement is key because people don't just see you and then buy from you. Like there's a process of engagement of them working out whether they like you, whether they trust you, whether there's a value fit, whether there's a style fit. Um, and online community, because it's out in the open and observable and lurkable, people can actually see who you are, who you interact with, how you interact and decide for themselves in a very low risk way. Um, so there's no barrier to entry, um, whether you're the kind of person or you're offering the kind of service or whether your products are what they're interested in. Mm. Now, the, the additional thing about online community is that it's not a one-way communication which adds more value. So. You know, marketing can be just me talking to you about, you know, what I do and why you need it and so on. Then there's dialogue where I can ask you about what you think about something. But community is stronger um, because the engagement is with a group and it's not you. And we all know how much easier it is to have someone else tell you about how good you are than you try and tell them mm, how good mm. you are. Yeah, and I look. I I love the the concept of a brains trust, and that yeah. that's really the power within the group is yes. that you know you've got the ability to get so many perspectives on a question or an issue or or um, something that you want clarity around when mm -hmm. you're posting in a group. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and that's that's one of those powers, I suppose, it is. of the group, isn't it? It is. Um, because even with you know surveys and things, you might ask some questions and people give you their answers back. But I've no, it's it's the difference between that and perhaps a focus group where there's a conversation about something. Because if quite often you, what you've said changes the minute you hear someone else say something and you go, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Mm. You know, whereas if you're a business owner developing a product and you just take that as gospel. Um, you know, you could have had a far more refined bit of feedback than what one person will tell you. 
yeah, through great, community. Great. So it's a great way to survey and test the market before you commit too much time or money mm-hmm. pursuing an, an idea yeah. that, that you would otherwise. So, I, yeah, yeah, I think that's great. Um, yeah. So how, what else is... Sorry, I've just got my pants. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it allows you to experience and try before you buy almost. Um, whatever that is like Mm. is this a community I want to be a part of are people saying that this is a product that's valuable Um, you know how how does the owner or how does this company respond to when things aren't going well or when they get negative feedback you get to see all of that before you even jump in and become a client yeah or a customer yeah Yeah. I can see um, that's that. that engagement Perfect. And and once people are engaged, so let's say I'm a business owner and my goal is to set up a community because mm-hmm. I haven't had an online community. I want to mm-hmm. venture into the online world, set up mm-hmm. my community. How do I, as a business owner, engage correctly? Like what is the right way to engage? How often do I need to get in there, speak to people? How do I do it? Does it need to be me? Can I get other people in there too? Like... How would you do that? That's the part where you almost need an individual assessment because it depends on what your business goals are, what your own capacity is. Mm -hmm. The worst thing you can do is set something up and then not follow through on it because that gives the wrong impression. Um, And it depends on the nature of the product or the service, how much of an existing user base you've already got. you know, one of the main things is picking the right place to be. Like, is your community already on Facebook? Are they already on LinkedIn? So choosing the right place to be. Do you have yeah. multiple places? Like with the Adobe Business Catalyst community, we had a group on LinkedIn. We had a group on Facebook. Um, we had a Slack channel. Um, so it can go across platforms. But it's setting up something that's going to be managed properly because if it's not managed, then it's pointless, basically, and gives the opposite thing to what you're actually wanting to convey. Mm, mm. So that's, that's a hard one to sort of answer, you know, this is how you would do it because... It yeah, but, that you know, that's a great answer because, you know, what it says to me is that you've got to get very clear on, firstly, what's your purpose for yes. establishing your online community? You know, yes. what, what goal do you, do you have? Is it to be able to uh, bring new products into? Is it to hear the voice of the consumer? Is it a place to test? Exactly. Um, your marketing product uh, you know what are you there for that's right um, so that goal is important but I love the the point that you made about capacity too that Mm -hmm. you know we we all as business owners have these grand plans and oh here's a bright shiny new way of you know doing uh, my business and making it it work (laughs) but it's it's about do, do you have the capacity to truly get in there and give your community what they're looking for so if you've made a promise to them can you fulfill that promise Um, and then you know again making sure that you're on that right platform to find the right tribe for your business that's right because it's a mix of not it's like a balance of not just what the business goals are but meeting the community needs you can't just have business goals without meeting needs otherwise it's not going to work Mm. so you have to find that intersection for people to be involved. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. So if, if 
you were to uh, get me, let, let's say that I was clear on, you know, my goals. I said, mm-hmm. look, I'm, I'm really wanting to um, put together a Facebook group, a, a closed Facebook group, because I've got a new product that I'm launching and I want to be able to have a place for people to engage mm-hmm. in the discussion as they go through mm-hmm. perhaps the, the course that I'm launching. Mm-hmm. Um what kind of capacity would I need, and, and I'm talking, you know, this example because this is what I'm looking to do, yes. is set up a, a closed Facebook group for people who've purchased my online product. Mm-hmm. What capacity would would it take to engage? You know, is it something that you need to do daily or do you engage with your community weekly? Like, what's, what's, a, what's the way that you would define what you would do is basically you define your capacity and then deliver on what you've promised. Okay. So a good example is this agency tribe. That group was going to die because I couldn't keep doing it for nothing once a week forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then a few of us said we can keep it going if we do it once a month. Now... So long as you are regular and you deliver on your promise and you tell people what it's for and what the value proposition is, that's a really good start. Um, The other thing that's important and good to define within that is um, what you expect of other members to do. So do they support each other as well? Like is it, it really should never be just one way. It should be encouraging people within the group to, to participate as well. It depends on the stage of the group because sometimes people don't know what to do. It kind of has to be modelled for them. Um, And it depends on how many people are in the group and what their natural inclination is to online. Because some people feel it's... Some people still feel it's too personal to be talking online or they feel stupid, whereas for me, I don't feel that way at all. But you have to be mindful of what people feel about that method of participating because it could be a flop yeah it could be a flop or you could say make it part of the exercise like an almost an onboarding experience and get people to be more comfortable and make it like a training thing or something so yeah that's actually a good point that I hadn't thought about you know um is is that safety element is Mm. how do you get people safe enough that they're getting what they want from the community because they feel safe enough to share to ask for responses from other people that's right to help them so yeah that that bridging of the that safety barrier um is an important one Yes, and a lot of that is covered or part of the process is coming up with group norms and group rules. And I think we've all experienced going into a group and it says, now, if you join this group, these are the rules. Um, And it's articulating them and being really clear about them that makes people feel safe, A, Mm. to express themselves because they know they're not going to get flamed, but also knowing what's appropriate to post and what's not appropriate to post. Yeah, fantastic. And in communities of, say, entrepreneurs, the other thing to be mindful of is um, who's who else is in the group because some people might feel that there's competitors in the group, you know, or business yeah, competitors. Mm. So it's being mindful of the entire dynamic as you set a group up so that people can still get value out of it 
but as you said, feel completely safe and un understand what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so let's say I've set my group up, I've engaged with them. Um, the second key area that uh, you w wanted to share with us today is the retention, and that's absolutely critical. So yeah, how do you hold people in <laughs> Well, retaining, so retaining by definition means that they are already your clients. So you've, you've had them as a client or you've got them as a client, and a couple of really good examples where this is used a lot is, say, with online courses um, because it's a huge value add. But it would be with any mentoring program as well because it provides an additional place for people to talk and communicate outside of the course material or outside of the structured delivery of what's, you know, what's occurred in that group. Um, so the really good thing uh, in terms of how it can help with retention is that it demonstrates a higher perceived value or it's not just a perceived value it's actually real value because you can interact with the information mm. with the leader and with the others in the group so what did you mean when you said you know how have you gone about implementing xyz or you know have you struck any roadblocks or even little technical problems that people get stuck on you've because that group and community is there it takes you to the next step because quite often we just try to do something when we're implementing and it's so easy to get stuck and we just don't keep going. Mm. Whereas if we can ask someone, that just takes gives us a little foot up to the next thing because someone's bound to know. And it's like a brain's trust of implementation. Yeah, that's brilliant. So the, the two, two things I'm hearing is it's about interaction Mm -hmm. And it's about implementation. It's about getting people to interact with the uh, the course, you know, the person who set up the community, mm -hmm. but also with others. Mm -hmm. And that has to be very personal is what yes. I'm, I'm hearing as well, that it's yep. got to be, you know, really directed as a, a, a good response, solid response back to the question that's asked. Yes. And then it's got to be problem solving as well. So the yep. implementation has got to be what's the barrier, what's the block, how can I move through it, how can we solve the problem and get you moving on so That's the community right. helps people to get unstuck. Which is um, another important point in terms of how to run them is that the person running it or the business owner or the community manager, it's really important. You can't just throw someone who's good at communicating into a group they have to have absolute knowledge and understanding of the process or the product or whatever. So when I was the e-course launch formula um, community manager, Catherine chose me because not only of my online experience, but because I understood all of the online marketing, the launch funnels, all of that. If I didn't know that, I wouldn't have been able to add value or have the authority um, you know, to help people when they got stuck. Mm. So you need someone in that spot, whether it's the owner or the community manager, to be skilled up and be an expert in that particular field. Yeah, and which leads me to thinking, if you, because that expertise I think is critical, uh, does that mean that, okay, you've got your community manager, does that mean that you could have perhaps several people Absolutely. in your team that Absolutely. can be experts to really assist that group? 
Absolutely. Yep. And when um, I did it with the dating site, we actually had people in every country because of the time zones. Yeah. Um, a, because it just required that amount, but definitely more, the bigger the community, the more community managers you may need. Yeah. yeah. Or different, uh, to your point, different areas of expertise. Yeah. So how would you, how would you introduce, let's say you wanted two or three experts mm -hmm. that had the ability to provide advice to the community. Mm -hmm. How would you provide a base to those people? So let's say I'm the business owner, yeah. but I wanted experts in my community to be mm -hmm. able to manage the diversity of mm -hmm. responses that were happening in that community. How would I give my team, my mm -hmm. community managers, mm -hmm. a base so that people knew who they were getting replies from and getting responses from? Um, well, I guess this is one of the things that the online medium makes really easy because everyone has a profile. So within groups, whereas, um, say, a Facebook page, you can be the um, entity of a page, a faceless entity, within groups, you actually have to be you. So there's people within groups. So everyone has their own profile. Um, similarly, in Facebook, you would have someone and they would be identified as an admin or a community manager. You can do that through different permissions you give those people. And something that Catherine did really, really well was she um, bestowed, I guess, I'm not sure if that's the word, she really demonstrated how much she valued the role of the community manager and, and their expertise and would outline what that is. In that case, there was only me, but if there were a range of different community managers, you would say, this is where you go to. This person will be able to help with this. This person would be able to help with this. And that would be part of their profile description probably too. Yeah, so we, you'd put it in as the description to be able to identify and introduce yeah. uh, or the in different the, experts. That's right, in the group. Okay. And you might have a website or something that kind of is aligned also with that group which introduces all of those people and their specific roles if you did want to d divide the roles. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, that, that's excellent. Um, so I've engaged people in my community, mm -hmm. I've been intentional and I've got a clear purpose, I've uh, determined my capacity, how much I can get into my community and, and respond and I've, I'm on the right platform so mm -hmm. I've, I can engage and yep. now I can retain those because I'm giving personal interaction, I'm really problem solving and helping people to implement and uh, get value for what they're there for to, to yeah. get their issues sorted and I have the right experts in place mm -hmm. as well that's helping people stay in that community. Mm -hmm. so, so what's the, the next part of community? Well I've called it delight um, and again this is to do with some of the community's superpowers because you really by being part of that community, community over time develops a real depth of relationships and it gives you should you take it your mission should you choose to accept <laughs> it is that it gives you an unprecedented ability to tap into the minds of your client group and of course in terms of retention we all know that the thing that you want to do is to sell more to your existing 
customers more frequently. By being involved with them so intimately, you know exactly what it is they want next because you can see what they're struggling with. You can see where their stuck points are. You can hear what they're talking about if you listen and you ask the right questions. So over time, a community that develops trust, you'll be able to ask them things like, what do you really not like about you know something or other? Or what's the next step? Or um, It just gives you so much access to information that you wouldn't get any other way. Mm. So you've got a really honest voice coming back from the community Yes, that helps the business owner to be able to improve their product or service offering. Or add to it. Mm. Add to it. So you've already got, I mean, the savings to a business by selling more to your existing customers and more higher value items and so on is incredible. You've Mm. already got them. All you have to do is listen to them and create more of what they are asking for because they're telling you. Yeah. So it's really, really, really powerful. And then you delight them because you create that product or service for them. So it creates this service, um, this cycle, I should say, and you, what you end up with is just raving fans. And that's what every business wants. It's the raving fans. Mm, mm. Yeah, I can see that uh, that would come back because I know I've done that as a community member myself. Yes. I've gone, why is this not offered? You know, yeah. so you're right. It is that real honest voice that comes back from the consumer. Yeah. Um, and so many people yeah. don't actually listen to it. Yeah. And in fact, that's kind of a point that um, I did want to put in the delight thing because, you know, when you're creating offerings for your clients, you work so hard to create them and you go, ta-da, yes. <laughs> you know, there it is. And the minute you get a complaint, it's, it can feel quite crushing and like, after all, I've done for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but actually there is gold in that because what if you then took that on board and created something that the person is actually asking for I mean, if it's just a lone voice in the wilderness, obviously you can't create something that 100 people want different things. But if you then reflect that back to the community and say, is this something you'd be interested in? You know, imagine creating something that people feel you have custom created for them. Mm, It mm. just creates incredible power. Yes, totally, totally. So, yes, I think that is uh, where you can totally delight is is hearing them. So um, if if you were looking to uh, give advice to a new business owner around setting up a community, what would be a bonus tip that you would give to a business owner to help them to either understand what a community is and mm-hmm. how it can benefit their business, how to set one up or how to get the most out of their community? What would be your best tip? My best tip would be for them to see what existing communities are around already and to enter them and to start listening and to start interacting because that will give them a sense as to whether they're on their right track with what their business actually is or um, seeing if there's a gap in the market that they could fill, that they could... um, that would be a good way, well, I don't think exploit is a good word, but 
you know, to understand what's missing and create something. So you can make use of online community even before you've created one, mm. um, you know, as a way of just seeing if you're on track, what people are listening to, what people are actually saying, what they actually want. Um, and that would be, that really would be the bonus tip before you go about creating something, just to see what's out there, what's being said. It's the cheapest form of uh, research, really. Yeah, yeah, which is great. But a question for you is, mm -hmm. let's say I go ahead and do that and mm -hmm. I go, wow, this marketplace is flooded with communities mm -hmm. out there. How am I going to make mine different? You know, it, where I get perhaps a bit overwhelmed thinking mm -hmm. that here I am, you know, trying to make my mark in this online world, which is already completely swamped by other communities out there. How... How do you stop yourself from getting overwhelmed? Um, I guess the goal isn't the goal isn't to create a community, if you know what I mean. The goal is to understand what your market wants and whether you're on the right track or not. Um, so, what they say is that if there's already competitors, it means that there's a market, and your role is to try and find your own. Um, unique proposition within that market and perhaps if it's completely saturated maybe you shouldn't be doing that market I mean that's information as well um, so use community to work out whether you should even be doing that perhaps the goal to create a community per se shouldn't be the goal it should be well what's my business offering and is it serving a need that's the first thing to work out and then if that there is a need, then think about how to create community around that in a way that's different or serving either a different group or has got a different style of delivery to, um, to what's already out there. Mm, mm. Because those, you know, the whole thing about niches and tribes is there's a hundred people offering websites products but there's a reason why someone chooses you over somebody else so it's you know it's not that um, it's, I guess it's an abundance way of thinking there's enough out there for everybody and the idea is for you to come up with what it is that you're offering that's special and unique and needed yeah and and uh, probably another question that I have is that you know being time poor as a, a business owner there's so much trying to fit into a day and being a member of you know several different tribes or communities of products that I've purchased or you know um, things I'm interested in mm -hmm. is there a point where people get completely saturated where they go I just I don't want to be part of community anymore because I know that you know, this, this concept of community has certainly grown over the last few years, mm -hmm. but are we in danger of burnout? I think, it, again, it's very needs-driven because the minute we need something, we'll seek out that community. Um, there's, I'm a dormant member of many communities and I don't feel bad about that. I will just pop into a community when it's relevant to me and that's okay as well. And it's important, I guess, for the business owner to understand that people, depending on, you know, the whole purpose and function, mm. like if you had a mastermind community, it's not so okay for someone to be dormant in that. But if I'm part of a product community, um, it's absolutely fine to me, 
for me to be dormant until I have a need to ask a question about that. And I think there's a common understanding in relation to that. So I guess part of guiding community owners is the right setting the right expectations. You know, just because someone's not active doesn't mean they hate you or, you know, they might just not have a need at the moment. Because, mm, mm. you know, it is quite difficult to share the love in all the different areas yeah, of impossible. interest. It's impossible. It's like having going out with all your friends. Like, there's only so many that you can do yeah. and, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's completely fine. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I'm finding is happening, uh, and so if it's happening to me, I'm sure it's happening to other people as well, that... You know, I'm, I'm getting invited to participate in a lot of other people's groups. And mm-hmm. um, and particularly, I'm talking, I'm referring to LinkedIn here because, mm-hmm. you know, people set up a group and then they yeah. want you to be in it. And, and you go, well, you know, I don't really want to be part of that. I don't, mm. firstly, I don't have the time for it. And I'm mm. really don't have the interest and that gets back to your intentional mm, membership yes, yes. um that's so, a really good point actually yeah and look I, i'm wondering how effective you know that type of community is where it's, it seems to be almost like a random outreach to you know hey can you join my community <laughs> yes that's a really good until you said that i hadn't realized i hadn't sort of thought about it but it's happened to me two people just a, join me into a group that I haven't asked to join. Mm. I find that really annoying and rude, to be honest. Mm. Um, you, you can't just hijack someone and go, you will join my community. Um, secondly, I think um, it's, I always, if someone asks me to join and I feel funny about it, I, I have to have a real need to be as part, part of a community to be in it because Otherwise, I'm just taking up space and feeling guilty for not participating. So what I tend to do if someone asks me to join a community that I don't have time or interest to join is I, you know, obviously say thank you. Um, But I say I really like to participate and add value. And if I don't feel I can do that properly, I just won't join because it's not not fair, you Mm, know. mm. And it's on the group owner or the community manager to work out how to find the right people to engage with that community without, you know, plucking you off the street and popping you in there, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the wrong... And that comes back to, you know, full circle, intentionality. The power of community is your intention to be part of that community. Mm, Totally. Yeah, Yeah. look, I'm loving it. And and certainly I've picked up some really good um, points today Thank you, Ursula. So particularly, you know, the engagement, you know, sitting down and going, okay, what am I really trying to achieve here with with this group that I want to set up? And, you know, what is my capacity? Can I only get in there once a week? And if I can only get in once a week, do I need some other experts in in Mm -hmm. there that can assist to engage more often with the community that's being built? Yeah. And, you know, what is the right platform? Do I want to be on LinkedIn where I'm having to (laughs) go out and pluck? people off the street or do I I stick to uh, Facebook or you know some other uh, version and then the retention making sure that I'm being personal problem solving and that you know the the product knowledge is really important yeah Um, absolutely yeah and looking at ways to to delight so so just probably my last thing there is you know we've we've talked a little bit about Facebook and LinkedIn are Mm -hmm. there other platforms that people can engage on 
Um, I'm sure there are. Um, you might have seen... Uh, see, there's things like forums, like the Discuss Forum, where people will comment on a blog post or something, but that's not so much a community. You'll get communities based around um, real needs, like perhaps a cancer support community or something like that, and quite often... They might be on a standalone website where mm -hmm. there's, you know, communications that occur within that platform. You might have an intranet, a community of um, people that work for a particular organisation and that communication happens within that platform. So um, it's kind of loose except that LinkedIn and um, Facebook seem to be the, the winners, I guess, in terms of volume of people conversing within communities and groups there. Mm. But any place where people can communicate, like a Slack channel, for example, is another place where a community can communicate. Adobe forums, I know, was another area. So it's platform independent, really. It's just where the people are. And how they choose to And how they choose to communicate, mm. yeah. Fantastic. Um, so thank you very much for joining us on the Achiever Network podcast today, Ashla. And uh, so certainly I uh, value what you've told us today, but, uh, you know, I would like to just, if you are listening, if you are looking to put together a community, I know that that's what... Ursula is now doing is helping business owners to set up and manage their business community. So I'll put your um, website okay. onto the uh, the notes. But what mm -hmm. is your website if people want to contact you? UrsulaRichards.com So you might need to spell that. I will. <laughs> That's a very good point because it has a tricky letter in it. It does. It's U-R-S-Z-U-L-A. Richards, R-I-C-H-A-R-D-Z, uh, S, S, yep. S dot com. And um, I guess the thing to say about that is that I'm just rebranding that website at the moment, but you will get my contact details on there. I've got some older blog posts that are being repurposed mm, mm. as we speak. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm putting a lot of this stuff that I've talked about on there. Yeah, great. The so keep, keep heading back there and there'll be mm -hmm. lots of new content coming. Yeah which is brilliant. So thank you so much for your expertise today and we will sign off for episode seven. Thank you, Ursula. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Achiever Network podcast. We're hoping that you gain some value and that you now have some strategies to engage with your community online even more. If you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love to have your positive feedback and comments and uh, certainly look forward to seeing you for the next episode. Thank you again for joining us.